If you have your Bibles, open to the book of Isaiah chapter 59. I'm going to start from around verse 14. Let me be sure. Isaiah chapter 59 from verse 14. Now, verse 14 is somewhere in the middle of um, a discourse, but let's just take it from there. And we're going to read all the way to verse 21. So it's quite um, a few verses. 21 is the end of the chapter. Now we are going to start from verse 14. Are you ready? Yes. All right, one, two, let's go. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. Yes, truth is lacking and he who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on breastplate, like a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. According to their deeds, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the coastlands he will make recompense. So they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream with the wind of the Lord rise. A redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob declares the Lord. Verse 21, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord, my spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. Amen. 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 The Lord is good. Now remember, we just wanted to leave this said, this is what will happen. He said, the Lord has put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. According to their deeds, so he will repay. Wrath, now, I wanted to say amen to this again. According to their deeds, he will repay. Wrath to his, let me reach where the prayer is. Wrath to his adversary, say amen to that. And recompense to his enemies. To the coastlands, he will make recompense. He says, so he, they will fear the name of the Lord. That's what God is doing. He's going to make people fear the name of the Lord and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream with the wind of the Lord drives. I believe very strongly that God is going to re- release his power and he's going to scatter every evildoer. Amen. You don't, are you an evildoer? So I thought you'd be saying amen to that. The Lord is going to scatter every evildoer. And it's going to cause this land to prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, as we take our seats this morning, let's claim understanding. Let's claim insight by declaring it. One, two, let's go. God has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I said amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Um, where do we start from? All right, let's start from the book of Luke. Actually, I want to continue where we stopped last time. But let's just take a text of scriptures to commence Luke chapter... Let's read chapter 12. Okay, let's start from verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. King James says, Covetousness. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. I love the King James expression. It says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Two of them bringing out the clear picture, I mean the full picture if you read both um, renderings. And I believe that's what God wanted us to know or wants us to know. That is number one, no matter how much you have, your life does not consist in your possessions. And you should know that even if you don't have much, don't think that you are lacking. Your life still doesn't consist of your possessions. What does that mean? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God shall a man live. Let's just continue reading this before I explain that further. And he told them a parable, saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? He now said, so is a man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And for this reason, because that is the life of a man who stores treasure for himself, and because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses, for these reasons, I'm saying this to you. Do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Please remember that these things stand for a category of things. So when it says life is more than food, that includes water. I hope you're getting my point. It includes every material possession. The body is more than clothing. It includes things that people like to acquire. A car, all right, a house, and stuff like that. 
or each of these one of these things stands for a particular class of you know entity or entities. So it now says, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, yet God feeds them. That is, he's not saying you will not be fed. He said you will be fed. Don't worry about it. He said how much more valuable you are than the birds. And I said, if you do all the worrying, how can you add? He said, and which of you can add a single hour to his lifespan? By worrying. Now, for your information, worrying is not just about thinking. It's about making frantic efforts to secure something. I hope you're getting my point. So he said, consider the lilies also. They were not as dressed as Solomon. Verse 28 says, but if God so close the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he close you, you men of little faith. And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. He now said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Quickly open to Revelation chapter Revelation chapter 2. I won't read too many, just um, a few verses. Verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not. But I, a synagogue of Satan, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Of course, in their hands. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested. And you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Then quickly go to chapter 3. Let's read what he wrote to the church in Laodicea. He said to them, I know your deeds, verse 15, that you are neither cold nor hot. In verse 17 he says, because you say I am rich. I'm trying to contrast that with the story of the church of Smyrna. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Again, I'll jump to verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so we've done some Bible reading so that nobody will accuse me. I've read plenty today, all right? Can I talk now? Everything I say is based on scriptures anyway. 
All right, so we'll be looking at that um, uh, walking in divine abundance for some time. And last time we ended by talking about the issue of, let me just quickly get into it, uh, the issue of um, blessing, the blessing. And I explained, I started by explaining that curses are real. I took time out to explain that. But I always try to end it on the right note that for the believer in Christ Jesus, that curse has been broken. And that we have a blessing because we are in Christ. Do you get the point? Now the blessing, please, this was what I spent the first hour there about last time explaining. That is not judged by experience. It's judged by prophetic word. That is, if God says it, it is true. If he says to Abraham, a father of many nations, I have made you. That is what makes it true. It's not whether Sarah has had a child or not. What makes it true is that what? God said it. And that's the way life is. Please, this life, what we are trying to do is to choose our reality. Please let me say that carefully. God has given us that responsibility to choose our reality. Physics has studied enough, that is, physical sciences. At least now they are beginning to understand that this material world may not be as real as we think. Last year, was it this year, a number of men won the Nobel Prize in physics for proving that the universe is not locally real. Now, don't worry about what that means, all right? But they've, they've, <laughs> they've cast doubts into some things. If you know a bit about physics, you go and read about the string theory. You will understand that. Now, before I read the string theory, now this will surprise you. Well, it shouldn't surprise you. You know the kind of thing I do. I had come, having read, read scriptures, I had by myself written this string theory until I realized, before I knew that physicists had, were, ready, were now discussing it. I never heard it from them. One day I just finished meditating. I said, come on. This whole thing is made up of divine energy. Now, <laughs> one day, I think a few months ago, or last year, and I read about the string theory. I said, oh, I've been saying this in nothing less than 10 years. Maybe 15 years. And I didn't read it from anywhere. It's just common sense from, if you just have to study the scriptures. Now, where I'm going is that even those who study physical sciences are realizing that the spiritual things are actually more, they, they won't call it like that. See, if anybody tells there's no God, he doesn't want to believe. All the empirical evidence available says there must be God. That is the clear thing about it. It is so clear. That is, why not that God is what we are discussing? If you use this evidence we have to pursue other things, we'll have found that thing. I don't know whether I get my point. We have more evidence for God physically than there was for the black hole. Yet, just by studying science, men sat and said there must be something called a black hole, and they began to look for it. They were just, what I mean is that it's not as if they saw it somewhere. They were just studying. I said, no. The way these equations go, it will get to a point where something will condense to this level. So they began to search for it. It's one of the reasons why they keep on launching space telescopes, to find things that they have found in calculation, that it must be out there. And they found the black holes. They're now beginning to think that at the center of every galaxy has at least one black hole. 
They, this was done by calculation before men launched telescopes to find them. Albert Einstein wrote theories and made it clear in his writing that, listen, the universe is expanding. He said, but it's not expanding. He said, but it's expanding. But he said, but it's not expanding. So he rewrote the theory and put in what they call the cosmological constant to stabilize the universe in his calculations. Then one day they launched powerful telescopes and said, sorry, sir, it's actually expanding. He said, I said so. And he said, this was the worst scientific error of my life. Because when he started his calculations, he said, this thing should be expanding. Are you getting my point? That even in physics, they don't make laws from observation primarily. There are principles that are there. They will not write the law and then go out to go and look for them. If they applied that to the matter of God, that's why God doesn't, you know, I used to wonder, why didn't God come and prove himself? God said, prove myself. I have. I have done it again and again and again and again and again. In fact, there is no, honest people are asking questions, not arguing against me. Anybody trying to argue that there's no God is frank dishonest. Is blatantly dishonest. The worst an honest person can say is, is there? There should be. I don't know him. Or is he one or plenty? I hope you're getting my point. The point I'm making is this. Christians, you understand. You decode your life from spiritual principles, not from experience. If God says something is there, you to get your spiritual telescope and look for it. If he says you are blessed, you tell yourself, I must be blessed. I must be blessed now. It appears like you're not doing well in life. Say, no, something's wrong. I must be blessed. No, no, no. I don't know whether I get my point. The argument is that I am blessed. I, I must, no. I need to find out what is going on. Okay, what is the wind hindering it from flowing? Like I said on Tuesday, I gave a number of points to us on Tuesday, if you remember. One, I said, let encounter the word of God, receive it by faith. Let it build what? Hope for you. You must build expectation. Then take that expectation to God in prayer and tell him to meet it. Tell him to fulfill it. Don't be ashamed. It's not arrogance, it's not pride. Now you start up. I was going my own JJ. My name is Abraham. I said, what do you give me seeing that I go childless? I had accepted my faith. Abby? Then you now said, no, it's not like that. Hey, so now that you brought it up, finish it up. I hope you get my point. <laughs> we said that on Tuesday. Do you remember that? We said, then the last thing you do is ask him, what are the hindrances in my life that may prevent this thing from manifesting? And that's really what God takes time on with us. So you have a duty to set your life as if, like we say, what are going on? What's going on? I am blessed. I've read it from scriptures. I've seen the spiritual principles. And the conclusion is I am blessed. Albert Einstein said the universe is expanding. The scientists around him were of a school of thought. They said the same thing. But the observation was that it wasn't. And they were like, don't make his mistake of going and rewriting the theory. Get better telescopes. In prayer and fasting, to say what exactly is a hindrance. If you read the story of Peter Daniels, Peter Daniels said, <laughs> they say he was brain damaged. His teacher said, no, his brain stupid. 
He couldn't learn anything. He failed everything in school. Everything you tell him, one plus one, he will know it's two tomorrow, today, tomorrow, to be three. Next day, he doesn't even know which one is two, which one is three. The teacher, Miss Phyllis, was frustrated. Then he heard, I think, Billy Graham preach. I can't remember. I think it's Billy Graham, he said. He encountered the truth of Christ in that message, I think, by Billy Graham. And he recognized that he was blessed. That in Christ, I'm blessed. Now, the history of his life, and if you know how um, Australia, it's an Australian man, if you know how Australia was founded, they gave people in jail in Great Britain the opportunity to go and live in Australia. So you either stay in jail in England, or you go to Australia and be free. So the, the, the high population of criminals started that, um, that country, Australia. They have a history of being criminals. He said he had more uncles and cousins in prison than out of prison. They continued for a long time in their lives. That was where he came from. He couldn't learn until he encountered the gospel. And the gospel told him, now, oh boy, now you are blessed. So he took up the challenge. He said, yes, I'm blessed. He began to fight to establish that blessing in his life. The area that God gave him the manifestation was in the business world. He said the first business, it failed. He said, but I'm blessed. So he did another one. It failed. The man said, you won't change my mind. I'm blessed. I think he did a third one. It still failed. Do you know what he did? He said, I am blessed. He said a fourth one. I watched the interview when he interviewed his wife. Now all those years when those things were happening, what were you thinking? He said, well, he told me that it would be all right, and I believed him. That's the only thing she had to say. Now he said it's going to be all right. And now, this was his own interpretation at the end of the day. He said, I was just trying to locate where God has kept the blessing to manifest. So the failure to him was not a sign of having near success syndrome, which is what they'd like to tell us around Small digression. All of that is for your money. When you believe it, you will sow a seed to break it. Is that not so? <laughs> Tell that pastor that preaches next time, say, oh God, do it on credit. <laughs> yeah, the seed you say I should sow now. It's not, it's not 10,000. Lay hands, let me blow. He said, I'll give you a million. If you insist on the 10,000 error, you don't believe what you are saying. I hope you get my point. Then. <laughs> All of this is for your money. It's all your money. I believe in generosity, but I don't believe in all this one using kurukere to collect people's offerings. So, instead of him interpreting life the way many people tell us to interpret our lives, he said, no, I am blessed. And then by the fourth business, I think, now you see one of the principles he had, he never declared bankruptcy in any of the other businesses. Now, for those who don't know, bankruptcy essentially means you don't have to pay your debts. The law that is like you are doing business, maybe I'm manufacturing handkerchiefs, all right? So you supply me cotton threads, you supply me machines, you supply me transportation and all of that. So those guys do a lot of credit business, all right? And it's good. It's good. When you have honest people doing business, it makes things easy. You, have, you depend less on banks, loans, and all of that. Now, but if the business fails, I'm you 
maybe a hundred thousand naira for the thread you gave me last time. I'm owing you five hundred thousand for the machines. Transportation work you did for me, another hundred thousand, three people. When I declare bankruptcy, I don't have to pay you. So you can't harass me for the debt. I go to court where they have bankruptcy. I have to prove. Now, I can't lie about it. That, is, that becomes a criminal offense. But when I show them the books, okay? Some people are very, very serious. They will investigate you. Because if they see that in that process you used money to build a house, they will, they will put you in prison. <laughs> yeah, because it has to be shown that the business failed. Okay? That's it. It's when the business fails. It's a way, there's a way the society developed to help people get started again so that your failures will not weigh you down totally. All right, because if at the end of the day, I'm one of you a millionaire, how do I start another business? Some of them, what they do is sit down, restructure, it's okay. Some, they're different ones. Some will say, okay, I'll still pay you one day, but go away for now. So the law doesn't let you harass me. All right, it has consequences so that people will not just be taking undue advantage of it. But Peter Daniel said, no, he always paid all his debts, just a matter of time. He didn't take that shield. He said, no, it's not about the law now. It's about my integrity. It's about my word as a Christian. There's a man I met in Lagos once. I went to preach. So at the end of the service, he said whether I will will be willing to go to his house to go and have lunch. I said, no problem. So we went. Now, when he was telling me the story of his life, (laughs) I've met some people, you know. I I didn't come from a background where people deal in heavy money and all of that. All right, Both of my parents were civil servants, you know, worked for, you know, and salaries and all of that. So, but I've met a few people here and there. Over the years, I've met some people. When this man was telling me a story, I'll be looking like Omo. You tell me the stretch of beachfront that he owned. Looking at the man like, what? How he owned a whole bank, a whole merchant bank, 100% ownership. And I was eating rice in his house. <laughs> Christian man. He said, but when things went bad, I think it was um, Abacha's regime, things were really bad in the financial sector. That's so he went and prayed and told God that the banks were failing. His own bank failed, failed too. And just the same bankruptcy thing we're talking about. He didn't have to pay back all the depositors because, I mean, as long as he didn't eat the money, if he could prove it, he was shielded by the law. But he went and prayed and said, God, no. It's not about the law. It's about your name. I carry your name. So he prayed to God to give him wisdom so that he will pay back every one of his depositors and his creditors. And you know what? He did. What he did not know then was that Bacha was going to come with a sledgehammer. On his own principle, he tried to pay everybody off. Later on, they found that they were doing a lot of shady deals. They were tossing people into prison. He didn't go. Because for his integrity, the integrity of the name of the Lord. Now, but don't think it was easy. If you know what he sacrificed, he will tell me, I own this front, this beach property here, from here to this end. I sold everything until his son's school fees was due and he couldn't pay. The boy was going to school abroad. Well, I called him. He had to pay fees and it was his finals. But I said, don't worry. He said he was there just praying, thanking God. There was no more he could see how low he went. So finally, the boy had maybe like 24 or 48 hours to go. He told the young man, don't worry, money will come. Then his agent called him one day. There was some property he had somewhere. See, 
somebody wants to buy, are you willing to sell? How much is fellow offering? The guy told him, he said, <laughs> he wasn't thinking about the real value. Just give me the money. My son needs to get school fees. He had less than 48 hours. Deadline. He paid. Back to Peter Daniels. That's the same principle. No, pay your money. If you kept on failing in business, you take time out, find a way to pay everybody off. And then finally, he found his own place. And financially, it began to manifest. Until he owned major shares in gold mines in South Africa. Until he started consulting at sometimes, the, the, the most interesting one was the one he did for 10 minutes and got paid a million dollars. I was watching one of his lectures. He gives lectures in churches for free. He will tell you, take me seriously, look, don't, because I'm not charging you. Hmm? He said, this is, what, what I, this is what I get paid normally for each hour. So value what I'm telling you here. Now, his own idea is that, look, I come to church to empower Christians. Don't teach because it's free. If I cross the road to a business school, I know how much they will pay per hour. And the peak I knew about was when it was paid a million dollars. I don't think the whole thing took more than 10 minutes. He said, look, one million dollars for his time. And from the gist I heard, those guys implemented what he said and they made a hundred million. Why am I telling his story? Because the man said, I'm blessed. What is it? So don't let failure dictate, you know. Sometimes I look at Christians, you know, I, I'll be shocked. You know, before, you know, I've lived with Christians, solid Christians around me for a very, very long time. So occasionally I find unserious believers or non-believers, when I see the way they judge things, I'm like, are you, are you normal? You know, this is of um, social media and video skates running up and down. I see things. This one, not even skates, real interview. They go and ask girls. One girl was asking other girls, do you prefer a man that's rich but cheats or the one that's faithful but, and doesn't cheat? Every girl they asked said, let him cheat as long as he's rich. You know, I didn't know it was possible. So I told myself, well, apparently that was where she went. If she comes to church, I hope, because this is churches. I hope mm. that these people have lost the that is the right value system. They've lost it. They don't know what is valuable. And many of them said the same thing. Ah, it's better to cry in a mansion though, than to cry in a three-bedroom flat. No one would understand that there are things you say, and God will say, "Cry, you shall cry." You say that cry, you go cry. No worry. Then you will now see the lie in your cry. You will cry in Bojal Arab. You will think you are in a dungeon. Yes. God said, you don't understand. Because, you know, you have drunken of the spirit of poverty. The spirit of the age. So you think if you cry in a Bentley, it's better than crying in a keke. God will say no. You will see, while you are crying your Bentley, you see somebody drive past in a keke and crying, but in gratitude to the goodness of God. And you will wish that were you. Yes. <laughs> One day, I was still walking, I was walking in Lagos that time, at night. 
I served in the north. And not, I don't know about now, when I did my youth service, northern Nigeria still had this old culture of when somebody is sick, you go and get the doctor. You don't rush the person to the hospital. You go and get the doctor. So they still had it. So when we were serving there, it was not too strange. You can be in your house. A car will just drive off. Lick it, lick it. What is it? Hajia said this and this. You enter the car and drive to Hajia's house. Somebody is sick. I, no, to a southerner, you look like, excuse me. This car, couldn't you put the person? <laughs> no, the culture was just different. It's like, go get the doctor. Americans had it those days too. So, because I just came from the north, where I did my NYC, I was in Lagos. A northerner showed up in one nice car one night around 12 midnight, 11.30, 12 midnight, in our clinic. Asked the nurse at the reception whether he could see the doctor. So, they called me. I came out. What was the issue? And he told me a problem with his wife and all of that, whether I could come. The security man the nurse, the nurse, everybody said, Doc, no, you're not going, you're not going. No, but you see, I just came down from Taraba. Corner of Taraba, you know, Mambila Edge. Jonathan, you know that area. See, protest, oh, no, no. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> no, later I realized, oh, that's their problem. They are not used to it. But me, I just came from it. And the man, really, you could see he's a northerner. So I said, no problem. I jumped into his car. But anyway, we drove to his house, one part of, um, of Allen or so, thereabouts. I got there. What is it? I saw his wife on the floor. He said he just came back home and he saw her lying down there. So I tried to rouse her. She was really, really, were deeply asleep or half comatose. But she answered me, Madam, what is the problem? Make a long story short, what did you take? I saw the packs of drugs she had packed everything and swallowed. So I just examined all of them. So I checked what was what. So I saw the only one that could kill. Most of the ones she took, they would just send it to sleep for three days. You wake up. <laughs> Look, we don't know how to commit suicide. I won't tell you how to do it. <laughs> I just look at this one. But there was one part, one of them she took. All right, I said, no, this one is deadly. It will kill you slowly. You wake up first from the other one. She took like two, let's just say two major sets of drugs. The first set, <laughs> three days you wake up. But this one, after that third day, you start dying over the next two weeks. So I said, oh, I just told him, this is not good. How long ago did she take it? He wasn't sure. I tried to talk to the woman. She was, I just, anyway, we carried her into the car. I told him, my hospital is a small one. We can't handle this. So we drove to a big hospital there. I helped him see the doctor there. The doctor and I, we talked. He wasn't even sure what to do because of the time. I just, just gave him the ideas I had and all of that. So he thanked me, and then his driver took me back to my own hospital there. Now, as we were going, that's what I'm telling the first story. The driver was like, ha! He doesn't understand what's going on in this world. Madame has everything. When one nice Honda Accord, that this car is her own. He was confused. Why? That's what the story. The guy said he doesn't get it. What else does she want? Of course, the man had a beautiful house, a duplex, somewhere, I think, off Allen or Pervida Axis. But he came back home. His wife, his wife has swallowed nothing less than 20 tablets. Swallowed all kinds. She just packed everything she could find in the house and was swallowed. She was so, the ones that made you sleep had set in when he came. <laughs> so when I see small foolish girls telling you that it's better to, you will commit suicide 
in the mansion. You will cry so much, you won't even notice the mansion. Wrong value system. Very wrong value system. You will think that <laughs> you'll be in a mansion, you'll think you're in a cave. Do you know the walls will actually look rotten to you? Meanwhile, somebody else will see and say, wow, see the acrylic paint. Look at this. Whoa. And you, look, you can't see it. In the same manner, you can be in a run-down self con room somewhere. You enter, it's like heaven. And it's not as if, by faith, I'm making heaven. No, it looks like heaven. You enter the place, you know, they call it, you have slept off. You will sleep so soundly. It's for God to give you peace of mind. No, that's what you need. It's for God to just blow peace of mind upon you. That's why I told people follow me on the channel. I said, look, at night, just declare the scriptures. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's how you invoke God's presence into your life. When you enter the place, say, God, this is not where my mates are living. God just got, you know, God hates grumblers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't understand. Once you start grumbling, he goes outside. You know, the Bible says, if the man loves me, he will keep my word. The father will love him. Then I and the father will come and make our abode with him. Now, what does that tell you? God looks for homes to stay. That's what I'm talking about. So there are homes he comes to. He said, let's sit down here small. Yeah, maybe the children are there playing games. They are playing and they are laughing. Then mommy comes in, looking at them. Then daddy comes in. Did you hear what happened this morning? Then daddy and mom. Jesus was with the children before. Daddy and mommy comes in. And Jesus says, kids, I'll see you guys later. And he goes outside to go and take fresh air. So inside that place, I can't stay there. Why? Because as soon as mommy came in, and that her wicked husband joined them, the two evil people began to connive and conspire against the Lord. I said, I don't know what is going on. Look at these children, self. They are mates by now. It's not PS3 they are playing. They are playing PS6. Well, the children are not even noticing. They are playing their own goal. I said, I don't understand. In my class, I was the best. I didn't think life would turn out like this. And goes, and these children are your own. Okay. As I said, I don't know. This country, the moment we elected Buhari, I knew we didn't have sense again. <laughs> and then now, these APC people, they don't want to leave power. They are back. Our sufferings continue. And the woman will say, yes. Yes. All she's thinking of is the hair she could not buy. Because the price, you know some people get angry about funny things. Because the price of hair has grown up from 100000 now. To 160. Go and cut your hair. <laughs> I've told some of you, you need to join Deeper Life for three weeks for practice. What is what you are doing? There is no. Just say the Lord, tell the Lord six months. What is it? Six months, I'm going to church only in Deeper Life. And you tie your hair. You know, those my Deeper Life brothers are very interesting. The women don't even use powder. Even the things that Jesus said you should use, they won't use it. Anoint your face. Why should I anoint my face? How can you be grown because you can't buy artificial, uh, somebody else's hair that he cut and threw away? 
Anyway, the point I'm making is that Jesus will just go and sit outside. You know, people, the people that don't grumble, you know, some people need to be taught to grumble. And those are children. Children don't grumble. You know, you see them wearing one quarter with big stomach and running up and down the street. What thing concern picking? These days we use a lot of these disposable nappies. But those days when people use nappies with liner and all of that, the king go poo inside that thing. He's leaking out. What's his own? He's still crawling around. He's just crawling around the house, enjoying himself. You are the one that knows what's worrying you. That's why God said, receive the kingdom like a little child. You enter a room, six children, sleeping on one bed. He said, if I don't bathe, I can't sleep. But if I say much, you have to beat him to go and have that bath. And then he's in bed. Guy's unconscious, man. That's why God said, you have to receive the kingdom as a little child. They are grateful for everything. You are eating, a child is passing, you cut small piece of meat. You see the way they receive it? But if it's an adult, they examine the meat. One day I saw one, one woman. I'll first tell you, I won't tell you under which circumstances. Then I will now tell you, you now understand how I felt the way I felt. Now, this will, this will surprise you what I'm about to tell you. The, late, the moment you see this lady here, okay, no, let me tell you the whole thing so you understand. She was stuck crazy on the street, roaming the street. Do you get my point? This was around um, Okigwe side. Me and one man were traveling. So we stopped to buy something at the junction. So she was begging for money. Now, you know the friend that will strike you about that lady? She's, uh, which word do you describe? What do you call a mad woman? You understand? The way we say it. Hey. Which was, what's the proper English word? I don't know this word, lunatic. Sounds so bad. She's insane. She's on the streets. Her clothes are dirty. Her hair's tangled, messed up. You know, she knows she doesn't bathe. But the first thing that strikes you is how beautiful she is. When you look like this, God, this girl is pretty. That's the thing that strikes you. I mean, I told the guy who was driving, two of us, what do you think? You know, it was striking. Anyway, there's another guy nearby, the same condition. So they were begging for money. So I took, I can't remember the exact amount. The guy said we should give them money. So I took, let's say it's 20 naira, let's say 20 naira today. So I gave it to her. She looked at it and said I should give the guy. (laughs) She looked at the money. And told me to give the other guy. And called the other guy that he should come and collect. So that one came and collected it. And I looked at her. I said, no wonder you are crazy. <laughs> because there was something she did next. I said, somebody ran this girl mental. This is not normal. This is the reason. I said, I'm sure she took money from one man. That man said, waka. That's it. Her brain exploded. Yes, I, I saw this. I, you give somebody begging money. She looked, I saw she looked my money like this. And I said, give the other man. Now the poor man, poor, poor people. Give that poor man. If you don't have it, if you don't have 500 bucks, don't offer me money. That kind of attitude. I said, thank you. That, my 500 is for offering church. Not to give somebody on this job. <laughs> well, there are a lot of others that will be able. God has run many of us mental. We don't know. He gives us something. The way we go iron like this. If this is America, do you know what I will be eating? 
Because eh? from now on, you know, we'll get sense again. And once God says it, oh, Father in heaven, you'll be, I've seen men do foolish things. You'll be looking like, excuse me, did they use your head for exchange? They took your brain, exchange it with custard. I've seen men be, sometimes, oh my God in heaven. You give a man 500,000 naira. Hoping he was used to start small business, he will go <laughs> and give <laughs> and give to somebody that says that he will triple the money in two months. <laughs> you know, you are in a daze. Like, excuse me, you believe that? Say, relax. <laughs> See, go. Yes. He'll be arguing with you. That's how Chinedu did it. Look at how much money he has now. This person did it. And looking at the person, excuse me. Why di- are you normal? That is, why did you not just invest this money? And, no. That just watch. And of course, predictably, after three months, his money is gone. And you know, in your mind, you're not angry that the money is gone. You're angry that an adult can be this stupid. It's God that took away the censor. God said, this small money, the way he looked down that money that day, I said, you, be stupid. And that's the kind of, and you know the painful part? Such a person, give him money again tomorrow. You know what he will now try to do? He will try and try to recover the one he lost. And then he will lose that one again. After a while, God just gives us. See, this one, no, it doesn't have sense. Many times because of ingratitude. So that's why you, you, you fight, you don't murmur, like, 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 don't. Anything he gives, you give thanks. And there's a principle that's taught us in scriptures. If you give thanks like that, it multiplies. Yeah, it does. It's very important. Now, why, why did I begin all of this? I want to remind us again that Christians must have a different value system. I just want to remind us. That's why I'm saying all of these things. It's not about whether you have a big house or a small house that we are talking about, about divine abundance. Your value system must be different. It must be. If you don't have a different value system, you cannot enjoy God's blessings. I hope you get my point. That's why I went to all of that. Already satisfied that we are blessed. So don't use your life. Okay, you didn't have money for some time. It means you are not blessed. No, you can't say it. You are blessed. No matter what, you are blessed. If you have not eaten, you are, ble- you are blessed. If you have not paid your school fees, you are blessed. Don't ever, you can't change your mind based on it. That's the first point we made. The first point. And I said, listen, let's know what is wealth. And be grateful, be thankful to God all the time. Because see, God has a reason. For the child of God, you have to understand, God has a reason He's doing what he's doing in your life at each point in time. And everything he's doing to you is deliberate. It's not an omission. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. You have to keep on praying. There was a time he said, when God saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. It's deliberate. Deliberate. He just made up his mind. Close that. Open that. Close that. Open that. It's deliberate. He does. It's deliberate. He's deliberate about it. Don't judge. Why I read those portions we read? Jesus said, one thing you find about Christ Jesus, or by his teachings, he always tried to distinguish these disciples from the common people. He said, but you, 
I hope I get my point. You are not to be like them. They want to pray. Say, so this is how they pray. But you, when you want to pray, go into your closet. I hope you're getting my point. He's always trying to abort you, his disciples. That is, no, the way you do things are different. You say, their hearts will fail when they see things happening, coming upon the earth. He said, but you, look up, straighten, you know, rejoice. Why? Your redemption draws near. But you, they say, but you in everything. So they say, but you, in how you judge, you value things. For example, a man's life does not consist. Like, you know, I went all of that trying to explain something that. When I see people have funny value systems that I didn't know a human being, they will ask a woman that you want a man that cheats or doesn't cheat. So as long as he's rich, he can cheat. You can see that you are serving Satan. A different value system. We understand. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. There are things that are more valuable. And we as believers, we value those things as wealth. David said, the godly ones of the land, they are my true heroes. That's about godliness. One of the things, listen, we have to establish that, especially in this our region here. If a man... You can't explain the source of his wealth. Don't like him. Don't talk about him. Don't honor him. It's not your money you want to honor. It's how you got there. There's one, there's one man of God. Let me not mention him. I didn't hear the story from him directly. But it's a, it's a good story anyway. A man came to his house. With a nice car. Thank you. Mercedes new. Good morning, sir. I came to say, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I thank you very much. What do you do? The man began to tell stories here and there. Ah. No, this is a lot of money. Do you get my point? It's like I'm sitting down here now. You drive, yeah, an S class new and give it to me. Do you know what they said that thing now? You're talking about hiring something millionaire and I'll just collect it from you. So he said, okay, what exactly do you do? The young man couldn't explain satisfactorily. So he thanked him, gave him his keys that he can, he can go. He didn't take it from him. This one I heard from his mouth directly when they were doing church offering. Somebody dropped a tithe or something of 50 million naira. He said, call him. 50 million. Not 50 million of today. This story I've heard it at least 10 years ago. Check, 50 million naira. He said, call him. Church member. The guy showed up. You get, what, is, what is this money for? He says it's a tithe. Which means you made 500 million. The guy said yes. Hold the check first. Go and show me where you got 500 million from. The guy brought all the papers. All the work he did. He's, he, he did accounting in front of the pastor. pastor saw where the 500 million came from. He now told him, okay, told the accountant you can take the check from him. Yeah. The guy said, no, no. Ah, which kind of with this one? He just walk kinds. I just drop 50 million like that. That's one of my friends, one of our very dear sisters in her church. She got to church one day. And the pastor said, we have to finish this building. We have to finish this building. Ah. Somebody made a pledge, 6 million naira. 6 million is not too much money, is it? It's not earth shaking, is it? It's not even Enugu shaking. 
can't even shake in the street. Did I say in the street? Am I stupid? You can't even shake this undeveloped bush around us. So it's not too much money. That's not what we're talking about. This was a few years ago. It was who gave it as the issue. The guy you work in a state government office, and you want to get an offering of $6 million. Now my sister called and said, you come. You just sent for the fellow. She said, no, the fellow. Come. I heard you. I, you pledged $6 million. There's not. It's good, though. Where are you planning to see it? And I began to talk. Hey, which business do you do that I don't know? When did you start harvesting crude oil from palm tree? Because I don't understand <laughs> where you are getting $6 million from. So that went and told pastor. Pastor got angry. Called the madam. Madam, what kind of thing is this? How can you be discouraging people? He says, no discouragement. Are you not worried that a member of your church is going to produce $6 million that he doesn't earn in a whole year? Are you going to give us an offering? The money is good. We just want to know where is he getting money from. The pastor got angry and warned her seriously. Now you keep quiet. They built church, finish. One afternoon, boom, thunder strike. Come out the central column holding up the building. The roof caved in. She didn't do it, I told you so. Just kept quiet. <laughs> yeah, this really happened. It really happened. It's, a, it's somebody I know. The church now gathered to pray. All the enemies that don't want us to make progress. We begin to cancel. We begin to uh, uproot. We begin to come against. We begin to somersault them. We scatter them. She just look all of them and say, in her head, not correct. When thieves are gathering money, and God told me to want somebody, you opposed it. Now, who is now the enemy? Some of these prayers, you will come at us and scatter because you are guarding against yourselves. No, some people are so stupid. This person that told me that he went to you know, and I was about to step in. To see somebody, big woman. The Lord said, beware of the leprosy of Naaman. She heard it. Ah, what is that? Okay, enter the woman's office. The woman puts, I think, 200 or 500,000 on the table when she was leaving. She said, ah, Madam, hold this one to support the ministry you are doing. She said, no, I came to invite you for a program. Not for money. Because she had heard before she entered. She told the pastor, see what happened. The pastor said, ha, and you left the money. The pastor said it. kind of madness we get involved in? What is, what is, what is in money? That will even, even if it's not even guaranteed, even if it's a small risk, I'm not taking it. We need to have a different value system. That's the point I'm making. We have to have a different value system. We need to have a different value system. We have to know when we're actually rich. So many people think they are poor right now because you are walking in abundance. You don't know it. You think you are poor simply because you couldn't buy a car. You think you are poor simply because they were with you. What do they call the Brazilian hair? They call the hair. But it's not really from Brazil. A lot of them are from India and all of that. But they are good hair. They are good. So you wanted to buy hair, an Indian hair. You can't buy it. So it means you are not rich. See, it doesn't mean you are not rich if you can't buy it. It just means God says, don't wear it. You think it's everything you wear that God, God approves? There are some things you want to wear. God says no. It's not a sin. <laughs> Let me talk about my wife, baby. My wife is to do some funny things. 
my wife used to do funny. She, she used she could paint this finger blue. This one purple. This one green. This one yellow. So one day I said, "No, it's not a sin. No, it's not Jezebel. It's worship of bad as Jezebel. Coloring your finger just means you like colors." But one day I told her, I said, "Hey, hey, hey, madam, just imagine that you have a guest minister. His wife is sitting down there with seventeen colors <laughs> on ten fingers. How it go be?" She didn't say anything wrong with her. I said, but me, I, just, I, I won't be comfortable. You hear? So you can put cuteness on your knees. I don't have a problem. But please, can you just have, have like godly colors? You know, they are go- have colors that are godly, you know? Dark red. Which other one? Bright blue is not good. Brown. You know that kind of thing. Where I'm going with the old talk is that there are things you want to buy. You know why you can't afford it? God said no. Yeah, God just said no. So you can't now use that one to decide the fact that you are poor. Even rich people, there are things that God says, look, don't bother. I have friends who do construction business. They don't use expensive phones. Do you know why? This is always falling aside. So that they carry phones. So imagine this guy, they can afford the phones though. But they say, well, it's a bank, I beg. That their phone, anytime I see them with phone, ah, it don't, I say, well, what are you doing? You are fighting with your phone. Say my brother under construction. So if you come and give him an iPhone 15 Pro Max, he's not buying. Not because he can't afford it. But he knows his screen will not last two months. I hope you're getting my point. I tell all of you that enter bus and keke, you shouldn't use very expensive phones. No, not because it's bad. It's just common sense. If they give it to you, sow it as a seed. Give it to somebody else. Sell it and use the money to do something else. I mean, how can you just, you are jumping from one bus to one keke? You know it will fall inside one one day. Or you, you are making a call near the window, one ball, just put hand inside. <laughs> you know now, why do you want to, sometimes I tell my wife, sometimes I say, look, I don't want to increase the amount of faith I need. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yeah, we, we, we say some of those things sometimes, that look, maybe, Okay, this kind of situation. What do I want to increase my faith and say, in the name of Jesus, it will not get missing. In the name of Jesus. On phone? No. If my phone gets missing, if I go, don't let it get missing. I'm just trying to explain something. I'm not kidding. I'll buy another one the next day. If you can't afford it, don't go near it. Stop. Stop. In the name of Jesus, this screen, I speak to you. <laughs> what am I going to explain? Please, you have a different value system. You saw, we read it here. Jesus said it clearly. There's a church. There was a church, church in Smyrna. You know, there's something I kept on reading. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He wrote seven letters. And he said to every Christian, listen to what I said to all seven churches. Don't say, eh, we live in the Laodicean age. Eh, eh, leave that story. You know, we say things like that. This is the age of Laodicea. Mm-mm. The story in Smyrna, in Sardis, in Thyatira, in Philadelphia, it applies to each one of the Christians in that generation. Jesus gave seven letters and ended each one with a simple statement. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to all the churches. What does that mean? In Spain, 
They thought they were materially poor. He's saying to us now, you may think you're materially poor, but check, you may be actually rich. He said, you may think you are materially rich, but check, you may actually be truly poor. So it's the value system that matters. Faith is of incredibly more value than money. I hope you're getting my point. There are many things money can produce. There's nothing faith cannot produce. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we should spend more of our energy purifying our faith than trying to run up and down for material things. Please, I'm emphasizing that, all right, today again. The last time when we were speaking, there was something I said, I think, let me just remind us briefly, then I'll be able to continue where we stopped last time, which is the fact that if God gives Adam life, and now says to Adam, the day you eat of that tree, that day you shall die, death comes in, they start struggling against life. It takes a while. You have to be conscious in separating light from darkness. If you are blessed, the demon of curses will not just run away. You have to tell it, get out. You have to enforce the blessing in your life. That's what we began last time. We went there last time. All right? We explained that number one thing, of course, this is how Satan you know, is trickish, we said. He uses tricks. We are already blessed. It's established. Our experiences don't change that. But why, how do we activate the blessing? How do we shut down and deactivate the power of the curse? Because you must understand, I said something that before Jesus came, the people were already forgiven. Yes. Jesus came to pay, but they were forgiven. Just like David was forgiven before then. Why? They shed the blood of bulls and goats. It kept their sin somewhere where Jesus would pay for it. They came to John. There was a baptism that John was doing. Everybody that came received forgiveness. Yet, there was no healing. The Bible testifies, John told us clearly, that John the Baptist did no mighty work. Yet, they were forgiven. I hope you're getting my point. Yet, essentially, they were already blessed now. But, those who were blind were still blind. All their diseases remained, even though they had been baptized. But John kept on telling them, there is one coming after me who is mightier than I. And when that one came, that is Jesus Christ. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good. I want the next line. Healing all who were... Who were what? I want that one word. Who were what? Oppressed. Why is it oppression? Because they have been forgiven. He did not heal anyone who was under the just recompense of reward for disobedience. I hope you're getting my point. If Jesus had walked in, as Gehazi was walking out, Gehazi would remain sick. I don't know whether you get my point. Yes, Gehazi would have remained sick with his leprosy. The commandment of Elisha upon the life of Gehazi would have stayed. You think it's everybody Jesus answered? No. I, okay, are you saying that Gehazi will remain in that leprosy forever? No. I'm, and I'm, using, I'm overlapping stories to make a point clear. Gehazi will have had to go to John first, be baptized, so that his sins will be forgiven. That baptism will have inactivated the curse that Elisha placed upon him. Jesus also baptized in the early days. 
Like the Bible says, not him himself, but his disciples. All right? So, Gehazi needed to visit. They will have removed the curse from him, and the leprosy will have stayed with him. Then Jesus will come and cleanse the leprosy. What am I going to emphasize? You will see, before Jesus came to enforce, now that's the word I'm, go, I'm trying to bring out, to enforce the deliverance, they were still under bondage. But the Bible said that bondage is what? Oppression. Why is the oppression? It's illegal. I'll be getting my point. It's like somebody is supposed to serve a jail sentence of, let's say, six months for something, or pay a fine. So he doesn't have the money. What's the fine? 500000 He didn't have money. So the first one week, he's in jail. Second week, his people are rallying around. Third week, they bring the 500000 and they pay. Now, let me ask you a question. Does he just walk out of jail because they paid? No. His lawyer still has to take evidence of payment, walk down to the judge, who will sign his release papers. They will not take it back to the chief warder and show it to him and say, bro, the guy is now free. This process painfully can take a week. For that one week, is under the oppression of the state. I hope you're getting my point. Because legally, the moment he made payment, they said six months imprisonment or you pay 500000 in a fine. It's a choice of the two. He didn't have money to pay initially. Now he has paid, but he's still in jail. Because there is a process for deactivating the jail, the jail curse. Can I say that? Which includes petitioning the judge with evidence of the blood of Jesus that has paid. I hope you're getting my point. That's what I'm saying. The process we have to get involved in. Like I said last time, Satan is trying to ensure we walk on his side. Say, look, listen, outside is not better than here. Just stay in prison. He wants to get your lawyer drunk and forget your case. He wants the judge not to come. Or for them, you know, these are judicial people. I don't know why they don't work. They should start working like doctors. So. You have to take call. Judge, sign people at 12 midnight. Two extra hours in prison is not good. What I'm saying is that you can say, ah, sorry, the judge has gone home. It's Friday. Monday is a public holiday. They'll feature you on Tuesday. Ah, what are you saying? <laughs> they say, sorry, or oh, hey. some people suffered in Port Harcourt, in Rivers. When some people, some people, some big weeks were fighting. The courts were in suspension for how many months? Who can remember? Months. There were people that they were not supposed to be in detention. They were not supposed to be in prison. There was just nobody to sign that they can go home. They were not supposed to be there. Everybody was feeling bad. But the whole judiciary of that state was on lockdown. Ah, people don't know how it happened in this country. If you remember, it was terrible. And that's why they was pray, don't think, money can't help you. People were languishing in prison for doing nothing. That's what the Bible calls oppression. So many people are suffering oppression. So what we're discussing is, how, what, what, what does oppression mean? Being bound when you are supposed to be free. Being bound when you have been forgiven. So that was why Jesus went around healing all who were what? Oppressed. Because the devil doesn't let go free easily. You have to enforce it. Get out. That's why 
That's why your mentality must not change. Because that's what he's trying to do. He wants to, you know, it's a war of attrition. Let's see how long it will take to convince you that you're not blessed. So a man, a man like um, Peter Daniels, I'll tell you about, the attrition worked for some time. But the man was resolute. I am blessed. And eventually, you know what, what happened? It manifested. So what are the things we are supposed to do as Christians? Last time we began to look at it. What was the first point I gave last time? I gave three points. I just I mentioned two. I explained only one. Hmm? I remember it now. I wanted to remember. Yes. I said you must follow hard after what? Righteousness. Yes. I said you must follow hard after righteousness. There are three points. Let me just review them for us. One, I said follow hard after righteousness. Number two, learn to walk by faith. And number three, learn to be a giver. You must be a cheerful, continual giver. And I put a clause there, a, a small explanation. I'm not talking about just money alone. It's like being, a, being, being a giver is a lifestyle of a blessed person. The lifestyle of a blessed person is being a giver. You must get involved in these things so that Satan will not be able to bind you back. Of course, to get yourself free is number one, don't change your mind. Use your mouth. Do what is necessary. Anything that God gives you, like God has given you many instructions in scriptures. If you see, like, you know, the example I give is Ephesians chapter, from chapter 1 to chapter 4, around verse 17, thereabout. You see Paul explaining the things that God had done for us in Christ Jesus. How we are seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. How he will explain that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. How we have been redeemed, not by our own works. By faith, we have been saved. He said by the true faith, not by ourselves, but it's a gift of God. Let's know, so that no one will be able to boast. Paul kept on saying all these things from Ephesians chapter 1 all the way to Ephesians chapter 4. He didn't stop saying it. He says that, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so that you know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He said, there's a surpassing power that works towards those who believe. He said, God, the rich in mercy, he showed his great love which he had for us in that we're dead in our trespasses, but he made us alive with Christ Jesus. So we are now alive with Christ. Amen? Amen. He now says, listen, you were called uncircumcision, but now you are actually the true circumcision because the circumcision is in the heart. So whether you are a Jew or Gentile, he says in, in, the, in that chapter 2, that we have been made into one body. He has broken the wall of partitioning. We are now one new man in Christ Jesus. He said for that reason, he said there are mysteries in Christ. All right, these are the things I'm explaining. He talked about the unfathomable riches of Christ Jesus. These are the things that are in you as a believer. Then he gets to verse 4, chapter 4. He said, to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I'm, I'm jumping, of course, many things. Then he said all of these things until he got to verse 17. He said, now, for that reason, I say, and I affirm together with the Lord, change the way you walk. That's the summary. The Holy Spirit was saying to us through Paul, if you want these things to be active in your life, what do you do? Change the way you walk. He said the Gentiles walk because they are darkened in their understanding. They are excluded from the life of God. There's hardness in their hearts. He said that's how you were. But henceforth, don't be like that. 
Please, curses are not broken because somebody called you forward. I've seen it before. Today we are going to break the curse of poverty. You put a seed here. Please, if anybody calls for that, I'm begging you. Don't answer. Please, don't answer. Please, don't answer. I break the curse of poverty in your life. It doesn't mean have any meaning in a Christian life. What you are supposed to tell a Christian is he has been redeemed. Like we said last time, let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. Say so. So, okay, if you want to break the curse of poverty, everybody... Now, don't, don't answer me now because we don't want to say... Everybody rise to your feet. Now, don't rise. I'm just trying to give you a hypothetical situation. Everybody rise to your feet. Begin to declare with me. Say, in Christ Jesus, my curses have been removed. The blood of Jesus was shed for me. My sins are forgiven. Now I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What are we doing? The Redeemer of the Lord is doing what? Saying so. Power is being released. So we began this one last time. What is it I was to do now? Satan is trying to return you under the bondage. Because he doesn't want you to go free. It comes with temptations. So as a Christian, that's what it ended last time. You fight it. What did I say? Oh, you fight it. Please, you have to understand what is going on. I have to go over that message again. You have to understand what is going on. Every time somebody is bidding for your destiny. One day a woman spoke with my wife. And she said, her husband was making strange demands of her. Strange. The man wore the garb of the devil. No, no, that's not right. Satan possessed him to tempt the woman into sin, her own husband. So my wife was bewildered, like, what kind of thing is this? She said, okay, no problem. I'll tell my husband. So when she came home, she told me. I just said, they want to kill her. So what? I said, yes. Because, like I told you, look, these spiritual things are real. I said, this man has tried to eliminate this woman spiritually. And they have found her impregnable. Her defense was too strong. And just like Balaam. No, go and check it. That's what Balaam did. He had to counsel Balak on what to do to break the defense of Israel. So they counseled this man to break the defense of the woman. Now, you see where I'm going with this whole story. So I explained to my wife, ah, that's what is going on now. They need her to do this. That breaks her spiritual defenses. And then within a few months, she's going to die. Do you know, my wife jumped back into her car. Raced back to where the woman was. Said, Madam, I need to talk to you. My husband said your life is in danger. Watch it. Be careful. Now, I didn't say use any protection, no security. No. Just keep away from this sin that they are trying to push you into. Because now, it is not about immorality. It's about life or death. If you teach, if you tempt such a woman, do you think she's, there's no more you want to waggle in and know, say, Madam, see, I will take care of you. You know what she's seen? Two horns. You are showing dollar. What she's seen is otapiapia. Poison. She's seen botulinum toxin. I should drink it. You see, many of the iniquities we commit is because we don't understand. We don't know what's at stake. We don't understand that Destiny is being bedded for here. You know, I went to preach yesterday evening. <laughs> so I told the story while I was preaching. So the host pastor, at the end, he now referred to that story and told another story. 
that one of their people went somewhere in Ondo State and met one woman. That the woman was, that is this man when she left, eh? He was like, he had never seen a wife, is a, a wife. I had never seen a wife like that. This woman, no one is say, everything the Bible says a woman should be, she was. When Peter is talking about a woman should honor the husband and all of that, this one do and double. Submit thyself unto thy own husband. She was hyper submissive. She was nice. It was obvious. So people were like, ah, madam, never seen a woman like you. She looked at the man, <laughs> I think a pastor. Say, man of God, sit down, let me tell you the story. You, do, you don't want to know me when I was me. The one you are seeing now is Jesus Christ. Though. When I was me, when the flesh was ruling, I was a terrible human being. He said, but you see, one thing my husband did was that he never reacted. <laughs> so one day God looked and God reacted. So she slept one night and an angel or the Lord came to her and said, come. So she followed and there was a funeral. So he took her to where the casket was. Said, look. She looked inside. You know who was lying down there? Herself. Said, what? So that person said, continue the way you are doing. And then she woke up. And behold, it was a dream. <laughs> Do you think such a woman ever raised her voice against her husband again? Lie, lie. Everybody was just seeing her. Say, ah, in your tongue? No human being again. This is the last human being. There are nobody's better than this one. Everybody was, ah, you say, ah, ah, ah. I know what my eyes have seen. If you two see what I see, you go humble as I humble. <laughs> and she didn't brag on herself. She said, no, no, people, God had warned me. God warned me. That is how the Spirit was able to enter me and set me on my feet. All these ones you are seeing is because I, I know the end of the other one. Many of the things we do in life is... Is ignorance. I just feel like emphasizing it. Christians, when they come to you, let us join forces together and go and do evil. And we'll make money. Please, just know that you will die in poverty. There are two ways to die in poverty. One in which having no money at all. There's another one in which you can have all the money. It's of no use to you. A friend of mine told me about one girl he met in Abuja. He's a hematologist, a professor. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> said, this young girl, 20-something, mid-20s, very sick. Very, very sick. So he was working. So they needed some powerful drugs to take care of her. There was no money. The girl said, no problem. All they need to do is discharge her. She'll get money. And she, no, just not that discharge. Just, I need somebody to help me. Let me go to the bank. <laughs> when they get into that bank, there before this of easy transfer like this, her account was loaded with abundant money, except that the money was not going to cure her. Her lifestyle had made her incurably sick. Young girl, mid twenties. Yeah, the guy's my friend. Tell him the story. Hey, <laughs> good. See, this one that people are pursuing money up and down, never. Ever do iniquity to get money. I don't need to tell you the crazy things like kidnapping. <laughs> I've got Christians assuming that I hope they don't do that, all right? <laughs> armed robbery, all those kind of things. I, I believe we don't have to say, but let's just say it, yeah? Because some armed robbers come to church. 
Next time you go and commit armed robbery, you won't come back there alive. All right? So I just wanted to know. Okay? So you know. All right? And if you ever get involved in kidnapping, they will kidnap your head. Yeah. That is, your body will remain behind. Though. You know what that means. Okay, so let me just say it to you overtly in case you think that they have not warned you. So at one point in time, they see rich people, they are angry. They are not the reason you are poor. So don't feel justified to take from them. It's important what I'm saying. You know, I didn't like to say things like this, but I realized a lot of crazy people come to church. And nobody has ever told them the truth. Partly because we just assume that everybody knows. Okay? But I'm even saying other simple things like, you sign a contract, it doesn't favor you again. Behave like if you did not. Those are the kind of ones I was saying. A lot of people don't understand. You lie in things you want to sell. You run a filling station. People are paying 610 naira a liter for fuel. They are not happy paying, let me assure you. People who grew up paying 100 naira, 150. They jump from 185 to 600 naira. Oh, I was going to say overnight. It's over hour. Yes, because they, some people bought now 185. Then one man was taking oath in Abuja. He said, subsidy is gone. Other people came. They, they don't lock filling station. By the time they opened, it was 600. They are not happy buying it. Let me just tell you now. They are not happy. You will see adults enter filling station and say, give me one five. I'll say, okay, that's <laughs> not up to two liters. <laughs> that's just about two liters. Though. You think he's happy? Now, where I'm going is that. You won't even give him a liter complete. There is no curse as powerful as so, the one somebody releases in pain. And which is just. See. If somebody releases curse against you in pain. And it is just. I don't know where you get deliverance from. <laughs> the person releases a curse in pain. And it is just. You know why? God has to honor it. He has to sign it. That is why Jesus had to. Teach us Christians, <laughs> judge not. Keep it. Because if you do, people will die. See, just keep quiet. Just keep quiet. See, some of these people go to churches, ha, die by fire. Die. See, people die. But Jesus just doesn't want you to do it. They will die at their right time, at the right times if they don't repent. Don't be the one shouting, they must die, they must die now. No. That's an aside. The main thing I'm saying is that don't let people be cursing your business. Let it be that when they do, it is unjust. There never has any effect. You measure something for somebody, it says 20 kg. When you know it is 18.5. No, it's 19.8. Still the same. That 0.2 that's remaining is not your own. Always learn to err on the side of caution. If you are measuring the thing 20 kg, make it 20.001. <laughs> that is better. See, it is better you... See, there's no law against charging extra. Why? The person knows you are charging. There's no way I'll pay 29 and no, no, I'll pay 29. But you can give me half kg and tell me it's one kg and may not know. I hope you're getting my point. As Christians, you want to have poverty, the curse of poverty effectively erased. That We know it's been erased, right? I'm talking about having effect tangibly. See, People think that um, when you are now rich, you will now do what is right. No. You do it while you are broke, while you are poor. Like I said last time. That is when you are being tested for where you will be elevated to later. Please, you must fight dishonesty like 
Like you know it's going to kill you. Like you know it's going to do what, as a matter of fact, impoverish the next generation that's coming out of you. Let me say something. <laughs> Nobody's guaranteeing you that if you do it, then you will now be, you will now be rich. Nobody is. Anybody preaching that doesn't know the Bible completely. The righteous sometimes suffer for doing righteously. It's one reason why we have to pray. Because sometimes a society can make it in such a manner that those who turn away from iniquity turn themselves into a prey. So nobody is saying that if you do righteously, you always prosper. However, you don't have a choice. Righteousness is not a means to an end. It's the end. Who are those that God anoints? Those who love righteousness. He said, for you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness or iniquity. So that's why God anoints people. God has to test your love for righteousness. Please don't do shady business because I see some things say, okay, I want to bring a customer. How much is this thing? He says, 30 naira. Okay. You tell him it's 32 naira. Three naira on it is my own. It's a lie. You people are telling lies. You that's instigating and you want, say, hey, hey, listen, bro, 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 bro. I'm selling for, there's even a common sense thing about it which you shouldn't, you know. When my wife used to sell things, a lot of people would, you know, approach her with such things. And I explained the reason, logic to her that, look, it doesn't even make sense. So you know why it doesn't make sense? Because if I sell to Mr. A for 30 naira, then you bring your own customer, Mr. B, I sell him for 32 naira. He lives there believing that I sell for 32 and spoils my business outside. But then the day he finds out I sold to somebody else for 30 naira, he starts wondering, what did he do against me? I don't know whether you're getting my point. He said, why are you spoiling my market? So what, how do I make money? I said, if you want to sell for 32 naira, there's no problem. Carry. Go and sell. You are the one selling for 32 because you bought at 30. That's your problem. If I decide to give you on credit, it's my problem. If I say, okay, give me my 30 naira, like go and sell it for 1 million, it doesn't concern me. But don't turn me into a co-conspirator. You say we are doing business. People do it a lot of times. I say, this is not right. It's actually dishonest. People don't know. It's actually dishonest. Why do you get out of your, you know, why do you derive pleasure from cheating somebody else? What service have you rendered just to come and fix price? I, 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 I lived in Lagos, stayed with um, on Allen Avenue for some time, because my auntie had a shop there, and I saw them do things like that. They said, we'll get you a good car. Ah, we'll get you a good car. They go behind. How much is this car? Those cars were like 200, 300,000 there. Okay. Okay, we're bringing a customer. You tell him it's 350. Then they will be there. Ah, this is the best car. These people, their car is the best. They will run down every other car in that line. And sweet talk. Of course, you, you came from Ibadan. You came from Benin. You came from Enugu to Lagos to buy a motor car. You don't know. They will sweet talk. you. What you do now, they've gone behind. I've been there. When they finish, you pay the 350. A car you could easily have gotten for 300. And after you go, they come and share the money. Listen, those of you who do it, you are sinning. You may not know. That's what I need to explain. Because there are some overt things that they call iniquity we know. You know, contracts over inflation so you can share the money. Your children will end up being poor. You know, there's a way God punishes people. It's very funny. You make hundreds of millions like that. You build houses all over town, Abi and Nigeria. You have three children. You carry one, put them in America. Put one in Australia, put another one in uh, maybe UK. Then you will be in Nigeria, living with a distant nephew. Then you make you slightly sick. 
So you can only stay in the house, in one room downstairs, in one room, in one house close to the gate. Then your cousin will be bringing women, harlots, into your expensive house. Then you will not go to the village because you are not feeling well. You will sublet your house. Make a long story short. Those are your children, you know what they are doing? They are hewers of wood and fetchers of water where they are. Their father has mansions in town. They are not, but you know the truth? Human beings don't notice. You won't enjoy it. You are in the village. You are too sick. That big house, you can't live in it. It's not earning you money. Then your cousin, your, your distant nephew, is living like, you know what I, what I mean by distant nephew? You're not even sure who his father is. You're only calling him a nephew simply because he's young. <laughs> and he's from your village. You're not even sure. How are you related? Um, my mother said that his mother is, my mother said, you don't know. But you need company so badly, you will accept it anytime. That is what ends up with a lot of the money we want to use Urukuruku to gather. It's never blessed at the end. Christians, please, you must love righteousness and hate any form of iniquity. Why? Because you know it is the only way Satan knows to grab you back and put you in bondage. You must. Of course, I've talked about honest dealing in business and all of that. But please, it's every form of iniquity. Every form, including sexual immorality. God can't be blessing you. And you not think your money. Please, you know, we need to say this to Christians, you know. Because I didn't know that even Dickens, you will go to, did I say Dickens? Pastor. Even pastors. Bishops. They do it. God cannot bless you with money. You know, when you reach a particular age and a particular amount of material, you know, affluence, corrupting people is very easy. Oh, yes. Because you just know life. You know what to tell a 20-year-old and she can't think again. Somebody who's been looking at S Ultra only in review and saying, oh, you just drop it for her one day take Unless she has a father telling her the truth. Or she goes to a church where people teach the word. It's hard not to collect. And by the way, if you're a young lady, don't take gifts from anybody. Do you hear what I say? When I say anybody, you know them by anybody. Tell the person, go and give your father. Do I know you from somewhere? Just come and meet me in hostel and say, you brought me an iPhone. Go punish on your iPhone. Just for giving it to me. You have not asked for anything. No. You just gave me. I will pray for that your children will not be able to use phone. They won't be able to talk. You didn't, you didn't ask for anything, no. You didn't just say, okay, okay, let's go somewhere. No, you just gave it to me. That's what I'm saying God will punish you for. So don't give me. Don't. So that's on the side. But you said don't take. But you go guru. You know what they call you go guru? Long throat. Greed. Any gift somebody gives to you, your father must not see it. It's of the devil. It is of what? The devil. the devil. It's of Satan. Don't collect it. But let's not talk about you. Let's go back to the men we are teaching. God can't finish blessing you. And you now use the blessing to corrupt another generation. See, let me tell you the truth. Let me just warn you. You know, you know some people don't like the way I preach because I say, how can you be saying people will go to hell? They will go. <laughs> they are going to go there. 
That's why we won. That's why we won. If you're a Christian, let me tell you if you're a Christian, eh? I'm preaching to Christians. It's not for unbelievers. Unbelievers, married two wives, two side chicks is your problem. God will know I will handle you. It doesn't concern me. I'm talking if you're a Christian. If you do what I'm saying, you're warning against. God has blessed you. You're 40-something. You're 50-something. You have money. And you now use that money to go and corrupt a young woman. Your sin is with extreme judgment. And it's coming. Or it will come certainly in this life. Because if it doesn't come in this life, God will have to banish you to the lake of fire. So that he won't do that, he starts in this life. The kind of punishment he will give you, you will wonder, ah, ah, there's only two I did now. I know the man down the street. He does it every week. Because that one, I'm banishing him eternally in the lake of fire. This one on this head, I will fill you with pain and regret. That is why Zine used to introduce me as a man who preaches the fear of God. When you feel listen to me to become afraid, you should be afraid. By the way, pastor, being a bishop, wherever you be, next time you go to that girl's house, don't come out. Because if you cross the road, you won't reach the other side. See, you can be thinking I'm joking. Just stay inside there. When you have finished committing your sexual immorality, stay there. If you come out, you know your car's on the other side of the road. You can't cross that road successfully. The car that will jam you, you won't see it. You know why you won't see it? It's not a visible car. When it has finished jamming you, they will now look for one car to plant there. They, that's what the angels do. They knock your head against a wall by themselves. They now look for one broken down car and put beside you. Police will now be measuring the car. It's not the car. <laughs> it's an angel that bashed your head in. You won't die. You. Die. Die will be released. Say, no. Just crush one hemisphere of his brain. God said, I know what I'm... So, bishop, pastor, whatever you are, I'm talking to you. Next, he said, what am I going to do? I'm listening to you from there. Okay, good. <laughs> Carry your phone. Call, the, call a deacon in your church. Call three of them. Let them come and bring you out. Yeah, that's the only way you will survive. And if they hide your sin, all of them will die too. So, all of them should just know that from there, it's a council of elders for repentance and cleansing and disgrace. Let's pray your wife is very forgiving. Because she must come. Ah, what are you saying? She will be there. If she doesn't forgive you, you are going to die the next week. So, you are in trouble. You can't even come out of that hotel now. See now. I've trapped some people now. They can't come out. You can't come out. If you come out, don't dare me. I know what I'm saying. Don't come out. What did I say? Help me tell them. Because sometimes you go and come out. You don't know that two boys are stealing. They are running away. Police is pursuing them. They want to shoot into the air to scare everybody. They shoot into your head. Why? You came out. Me that I want you not to come out. I know what I'm saying. Do not come out. Your phone is working. Call. Give me a name. Dickens. Who? No, no, no. I want a real name. Dickens. No, no. I mean, Dickens. Do you have a name? This is, huh? I want surname, not a first name. Dickens wants to thank you. Call Dickens wants to. I beg. Emergency. I need help. Come and get me. Let them, and tell them why you are there. Say, what are you doing here, pastor? I thought you traveled to go and minister. I, I thought so too. This was administration. 
Confess your sins is your only hope for survival. I'm not kidding, no. We may be laughing, but I'm not joking. Don't come out. Let them catch you. They don't hide and go and polish your face. Some of you are even so bold. Next Sunday, you go to the altar and be ministering. They are a group of wicked people. Now, if you are not a Christian, your judgment, God will determine it later. All right? I'm talking about those who are truly believers. If you are a pastor in church, it's people who came to church to look for God that you are not seducing. Ah. Your punishment finished the press of sins. It has been trained by wicked angels. It's going to be unleashed very soon. You know, God considers you an evil person. And he so hates people like that. You cannot be the reason why people will be missing heaven. You shouldn't be the reason why they... No, I mean, you don't you realize that you are the one that's causing the name of God to be blasphemed amongst the Gentiles? How can it be that it is the pastor of the church that's chasing the girls in the church? And you think God will be quiet? That's why they start lying, preaching lying gospel to us now. About grace. Please, your gospel is one of disgrace. And that you will experience. It's not me. I'm not judging you. I'm giving you the scripture. You know why he said what he said? Judge yourselves. So you will not be judged. Because if you don't, God will judge you. Not me. My job is to warn. I don't know the sexual. Pressure that's on, on you. If he's like, go and say, doctor, we have drugs to give people like you. We'll put you on female hormones. You'll become impotent. Did Jesus not say it? If it's so bad, you come for castration. Ah, why are they laughing? It's not in your Bible. Jesus said people have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. He said, if your eyes causing you to sin. Remove it. People say, you know, he was figure, you know, he wasn't doing figure of speech. He meant what he said, he said what he meant. But what he was just saying, which is what we see in it, is that if you know that's where it is, it is going, you'll be amazed at the amount of opportunities remaining for deliverance before you start plucking things out. Ah. After all, many of these uh, sexual um immorality spirit that men have. You know where it comes from? Pastors, I don't know about people on the street. I'm talking about Christians, especially ministers. You know where it comes from? Love of money. Oh, it's love of, when you love money, that, that spirit eh, always goes out with spirit of sexual immorality. They, they, go, they work out together. One is uh, twin A, the other one is twin B. They are, they are partners like this. You love money, you have no control. To the story of one man of God that I heard. True story because I heard from the man he went to for help. He didn't tell me who. I don't know who it is. I'm, I have no idea whatsoever. All right? But it really happened in this city. He came to my friend say, I beg. He needs deliverance. That was when I saw a Professor Dindley. It's one reason why I enjoyed the movie. Because there's nothing inside there I did not know beforehand. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Some of them were dramatized for the screen. In real life, they can't really work like that. But they have to do it so that it will be presentable on the screen for people to watch. All right? But let me not go into details explaining which part. But everything about sexual immorality, how the guy was sleeping with everybody in church that he could find, single, married, I knew that about that one before. They were doing, I, I knew about that. Okay? That is money they went to look for. That they get supernatural power. And they keep on doing incantations. I've warned you about any pastor that's ministering that says the prophet and they are healing him. Not, 
Those of you who listen to me long enough, you, you've been hearing me say that thing for years before the movie was released this year. This man told me that this man, he went and collected one of those powers. And what was he getting from it? Money. He would go and minister. He finished ministry. When he's leaving, he's leaving with two cars, three cars, one ministration. He does how we have been collecting cars for ministry. Where will I park them? He said, that's all he was doing. You are building a house with money of iniquity. Please, if you want to do it bad to get something, get something valuable like change the lives of 1,000 people. You can't use sin to build a house. Are you crazy? To buy a car? What's wrong with you? This one has so much, we have made money from it, except that every night he finishes ministry. That night, the pressure, he can't help it, which is why he started looking for help. The pressure is on him. He has to find a lot. No control. See me in the morning. Ah, I speak by the power of God. If I be a man of God at night, one rehab that has not yet repented is the one he's sleeping with. The spirits are whispering to him all the time. They want to drive him mental. That's why he now came looking for help. I told my friend, I said, listen, they can never get that help. You should forget that thing. His, his case is permanent unless he throws away all the goods. It's not even the car, you don't even sell such cars. You drive them into the river. And nobody's watching. Put petrol, burn them. The house, get a bulldozer. Break it down. Turn the place to a dustbin. Donate the land to the local government and walk away. Don't sell it. Don't give that kind of money. Go and read your Bible. Eh? See, it's not everything they sell and give to the poor. See, it's legitimate things you sell against the poor. There are things that God said, you know, if you give the poor, I will, I will enjoy you. Just leave that thing. You see, God used to give different kind of regiments for, for handling different conquered cities. There are cities you will tell Israel, when you get there, in fighting, kill only the men of war. That is, you leave the wives, you leave the children. Some of them will say, mm, men of war, and the women, if they have ever known a man. So, the young ones, they survive. Some, he will say, and then their goods survive. They are gold. Some, another group, he will say, you take out everything, let only the things that can survive the fire. So, metals, gold, silver, you can take. Some, he says, no. They are gold, grind it to powder. Don't take anything out of there. Some will allow them to take some metals and take to the temple. Consecrate them. There are different ways in handling different things. We were judging these things. So. When I looked at some depth of iniquity, I said, how to handle this one? Don't sell the car. You won't be delivered. If you sell it, you will not get deliverance. Burn it. Let the car be scrapped. The house, nobody should live there again. Break it down. But those people won't know why. I used to say set it on fire. Somebody said it may be illegal. I found out later, if, once nobody's living inside there, it's not illegal. It is your house. But if you're a lawyer, you can correct me later. Because the law is very strong on arson, alright? But if it's your property and nobody's living inside there, you emptied it out, you can do systematic burning yourself. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Whatever it is, break it down. Don't sell the land. Walk away from it. Let the villagers take it over again. To be cleansed like that. Then the man will be delivered. 
But you can't continue in iniquity and expect grace to abound. You can't. How do we ensure our deliverance? Like I said, we fight for righteousness. We pursue it hard. We see temptations concerning iniquity as Satan's trap for pulling us back into bondage. We see this is bondage. This is bondage. That's why we see it. It's not who is catching me. God is always catching you. Always. There's never a time he's not seen. What's my point number two? Walk by faith. I think essentially I've, I've discussed that. Maybe, okay, I'll talk about that later. But everything now is about faith. The one I actually mentioned all the while, first of all, was actually faith. The idea of judging your life only by what God is saying. Judging that you are rich, not by what you experience, but because God said so. Interpreting your life is very important. You must learn to interpret your life from the word of God. He said, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things that we see did not come out of things that are visible. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I'd like to just read the first few words. By faith we understand. Those four words. One of the marks of Christianity is that you understand your life by faith. Everything happens to you, you sit down and decode it by faith. Like I said at the beginning, you are choosing the reality you are walking in. You must choose the reality you are walking in. If you have a tragedy and you ascribe to the devil, you are beginning to walk in the path of the devil. In his plan for your life. You must remember that he said the Lord led him about and that there was no foreign God with him. That's Jeremiah chapter 32 concerning Jacob. It's important. There's, you must look. You, you know, the mistake we made, let me just go over that uh, teaching again. I like to keep correcting people. Is that we, we tell ourselves that if it doesn't feel good, it's the devil. If it feels good, it is God. Let me tell you the truth. You cannot tell by the feeling whether it's God or the devil. Who sent Joseph into prison? It was God. It wasn't like Satan did it. God now turned it around. No. God said, your next level is jail. I hope you're getting my point. You know if Jesus had bowed to Satan, you know it would have felt good. Ah, let's talk on modern day. If Jesus had bowed to Satan, he said, bow to me and I'll give you everything. You know what he would have given him? Let's talk about it. Material things. Just tell me one thing. What do you think you would have given him? Material thing that we like today. Eh? Material thing. Houses. Cars. Plenty of dollars a be. Hundred million dollars, twenty billion business businesses. You own half of Dangote Refinery, half of Boa Refinery, half of a PZ. Be the richest man in the world, literally. It will have felt good. But would that have been the devil? No answer. There's no catch. Yes, it would have been the devil. Yeah, because devil said I will give it to you. So how it feels does not tell you whether it is God or it's not God. God takes away things from people. Why do you think a man came and went away sad? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Baba. He said, sell all you have. So that you won't think it's because I'm looking for money. He said, go and give to the poor. Then come and follow me. The man said, what if I sell half? He said, no. All. So what about three quarters? Uh-uh. All. Can't I keep something? No. Come and follow me. The Bible said he went away sad. You're sad. When God collects things from you, sometimes it doesn't feel good. There are people you want to marry. God says, lie, lie. I, I don't go green. After you start falling in love, what did I say? 
Uh, young people, stop falling in love. This love, love thing is of the devil. There's nothing. Okay, it's not of the devil, it's of Satan. You say, what's the difference? There's a difference. I don't have time to explain it. Some people falling in love from television. Are you mad? I meant I saw him on the screen. Do you know there are young women who fall in love with movie stars? <laughs> you they play, Abby? Yeah, you're just playing. Some of the people are falling in love with God is planning like I'm taking that guy from you, forget it. And he will. And you will cry. And after you cry, he will give you handkerchief. You know, God doesn't even console. He will say, Bele, how's it go? Ndo, Ogadima. Nothing like that. He'll give you handkerchief. When you cry, finish, you wipe your face and face serious things with your life. Men and women, no. I hope you're getting my point. See, let me just tell you if a man disappoints you, don't feel bad. And feel bad, you have to feel like. If you don't feel bad, you won't let your spiritual lessons. So, feel bad. But don't feel bad for long. What did I say? Feel bad for maybe like two hours. That's enough. They thought I was going to say one month. Why should we be feeling bad for one month? Jesus Christ, you know, even when Jesus Christ went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit in a short while. <laughs> Why you want one month for what? As for guys, if a woman disappoints you, don't feel bad at all. Two hours is too long. How can you feel bad for two whole hours? Souls are perishing. You are there feeling bad. <laughs> I think you should go and preach. Go to the street. Say, I'm going to cleanse my, you know, I will share the gospel with 10 people in vengeance. What this girl has done for me. Say, sir, if you know how much money I spent on her, you should have had sense not to do that, but you didn't have fine, no problem. No while. And next time you are giving money to people, stop tying it to anything. Do you get my point? Just give and forget. Like if I say money is money, it's not heaven. God can give you much more money back. Do you know sometimes all that money you lost is the reason why God will bless you. If you have never lost money, God said you will remain poor for a long time. So just lose your money now and be happy. I hope you're getting my point. Some of you have never lost money. Just go and throw it into the gutter. Just like, you know, one of the things I do these days is eh, God has helped me. Eh? If I have to spend money on something, eh, I just get mentally, mentally, I write it off. You know, I told a story some time ago. One guy, not now, then, when cars were still, the, you know, this um, old Sienna, you understand? You know, Sienna, the first range of Sienna. I bought one long ago for my wife, long ago. I mean, it's been a long time, it was black. The guy that was supposed to buy it for me, then he told me that he would charge me 1.2 million. After some time to reach him, I paid him 1.2 million fully. I didn't see my car. This was long ago. I mean, by the time you're buying a whole and that for 1.2, long ago. I gave this guy my money complete. I didn't see a motor car. Then one day he called me there, please, I should give him 40,000 that the car will come. I said, no. People called me on his behalf. Please, sir, he's having some problems. You just give you 40,000 naira. I said, no. I said, you want 40,000 naira? They said, yes. I said, okay, I will have 40,000 naira ready. Once he brings my car, we'll exchange it for 40K. Not the problem. All I will have lost is 40K. He, he said, no, be like that. <laughs> people beg, the people, I, strangers called me and said, oh, God, please, this, what he's telling you is true. Actually, this was what happened. This was happened. The car had been seized for certain reasons. So he needs to pay the people off. I said, let him borrow money, pay them off. People called me and say, Banky, you don't want your car? I said, the 1.2? I've written it off. 
Now I'm fighting for 40,000. People think I'm fighting for 1.2 million. No, 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 no. I say, you don't understand. I'm fighting for my 40K. The 40K I have is what the 1.2 million I can't see. One day, finally, one guy now called me, one of his friends, and explained and begged me. So I called the other guy. This guy spoke with me. So I said, is it true? So we arranged, I had to travel. Give the guy the cash. He gave me my papers, gave me my vehicles, my vehicle. I entered and drove back to Enugu. People were saying, Banker. I said, no, you, don't, you guys don't know me. I had written off the money. You can't take my money and take my peace of mind. Is it fair? No, that's my own principle. If you take my money, don't take my peace of mind. So once you take the money, I just, I cancel you. I look for eraser to wipe the memory of you from when I see you on the road. I don't even want to greet you. I don't want to know you. Like, have we met before? He won't pay you back. If I'm waiting for him to pay me back, he will have my peace of mind for a long time. You see, if you take my money, why should you take my peace of mind? So take the money and <laughs> the story of one guy heading Lagos was very funny. He told the guy, I don't want the car, I don't want the money. So that guy became afraid. Like when a man is telling you, I don't want the car, I don't want the money, <laughs> you must have something. So he went and looked for the guy's money and brought it to him. The guy rejected it. So he went to the guy's bank and paid the money into his account. That guy transferred it back to him. (laughs) The guy told him that, I told you, I don't want the money. And I don't want the car again. Ah, the guy sent people to beg this. The man said no. That he doesn't want the car, he doesn't want the money. That what happened was that before then, he had prayed. And he told God, I forget it. So when you now bring in, how will I explain to God? That guy was feeling horrible, but there's nothing he could do. That guy refused to collect the money back from him. In one week, God gave him a brand new car and gave him one kind of, gave a kind of office to his wife. Yeah. The God that told him to write it off knew what he was planning. So the guy went to work. I forgot what happened one day. He got a, this car brand new. Then his wife came from work and said, ah, my guy said, my level, they should take car. See, moto. In one week, two cars came into his house. This is a spiritual. So they took your money. You wanted to take your peace of mind. So they, you know why we're talking about that? One girl, after you, you service her with your money for two years, she now says she's not marrying again. Be happy. Who wants to marry Jezebel? All Jezebel has taken now is money. Shouldn't you be happy? You have shown us your true color. If you do this one after five years, now that time I will come get a problem. Now you have done it now, we will never marry. God of miracle, now my pap. <laughs> I will dance to it too. I will dance to it. The Lord is good. But how did I get there, Joe? You know, you say things, you preach all kinds of things. Okay, talking about by faith. Yes. Yes, faith. Please, you walk by faith. Interpret your life from scriptures. If you lose something, take it as God took it away from you. That's what I'm saying. If something fails, take it as a test from God. Please don't let anything be seen as devil. devil. This magnifying of the devil is not... There are a number of things that Christians have magnified in this generation. That's very painful. One of them is Satan. The other one is the people who are fighting now. The, you know, Israel and Gaza. People have also magnified Judaism to an extent that it's not good. It's making it difficult to preach the gospel to both them and Arabs. It's making it difficult. But I don't want to go into that now. But let's not magnify the devil. He's not the one taking things from you. God is the one that, if we lose anything from today, 
thank the Lord. Say, Lord, where's my thing? He has taken things from me before. I don't understand telling you stories. Some of the stories you will misunderstand. It's the reason why I don't tell some of those stories. They will misjudge what God is doing. But this story I can tell. It's very, very painful, but I think I can tell it. I've recovered from it. I promised my wife a holiday in Dubai. I was coming from the U.S. I said, meet me in Dubai. God took it. He took it in response to a prayer. I got on my knees and prayed. It, it takes things. It takes things. Oh, like I said, okay. Oh, let's leave it. <laughs> I have told God before, if you don't like this thing, okay, just let me know. Let's assume that I said, God, please, this is my phone. If you don't like me using it, let me know. He said, okay. And I put it down. And I went, I came back next morning. And I never found it again. I said, excuse me. I kept this thing here. I looked for it. Look, I never. I just prayed to God. I said, if you don't like it, let me know. And he said, no problem. And I turned around, and it was gone. So I said, I I looked at the angels. So people still do. (laughs) That was the end of it. Ah. So when I tell you that, you think, look, sometimes you want, God said, you know why I don't want to give you money? The hair you want to buy, I don't like it. So go and braid your hair. Go to Nanka. <laughs> the Lord is good. You walk by faith. That's what I'm making. You interpret everything in your life by faith. That's how you walk in divine abundance. It's only when God is pouring hundreds of millions of naira upon your head and I say, yeah, my faith is working. If your faith does not work when you are broke, it won't work when you have plenty. Paul said, I've learned to abound and to abase. It's not only abounding. Broken is you. Is that English good? Broken. <laughs> yeah. It's part of what God does in our lives. It is part of what he does in our lives. I want you to understand that. So by faith, we understand. If you have you know, setbacks, take them by faith. If God opens doors for you, you step in by faith. Sometimes he opens doors. Say, hey, can I afford this? God say, enter. Yeah, there are times say, enter. And the last one is what? Be a cheerful giver. We'll talk about that one next time. Let me stop it here. Let's bow down our heads and just give a lot of thanks. Let's give a lot of thanks. Let's just give a lot of thanks. Let's thank him.